Welcome to Sales Burrito. I'm your co-host Enrique Barreto. If there's one thing that we do here at Sales Burrito is peel the onion for you, the audacious, bodacious listener to be able to figure out many, many things in the sales engineer process. But if there's one thing that we're going to be focusing today is, are you a leader or are you a manager? Can you be an American or American? Welcome to Sales Burrito. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Welcome to Sales Burrito! The premier podcast for today's sales engineers working in technology sales. Created by SEs for SEs. With your host, Enrique Barreto and Dave Siles. Hey, 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 welcome back. This is Dave Siles. With me as always, Enrique Barreto. And uh, yes, Audible number two in a row. We are supposed to have a special <laughs> guest again this week. And, and we're, Listen, we're, we're paying it forward one more week, I think. Not only am I an American, but I'm also a Puerto Rican. So I am a can, not a can't. So it's just, it's a perfect intro for trying to dissect the topic of the day, which is about leadership and manager and which one is which and how do we tell our sales engineering audience how to tell which one is what, particularly if, particularly if you're being managed or led, right? Or if you want to be manager or lead, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think uh, it, it's, it's an interesting uh, juxtaposition because you would think SE manager, SE leader, exactly the same thing. And you know, in some aspects, they overlap the same, but really at the end of the day, you know, a manager has obviously got certain responsibilities that they have to do and the SE reports to them, but the SE leader is not just a title, right? It's, it's really the mindset and, um, you know, the SE leader is that person who's, you know, going to take on not only the spiritual leadership of the team and provide that structure, but is also going to be kind of essentially, you know, the, the vision that sets the organization um, from the top down. And so, you know, if you're really a leader, you know, you're going to be the pinnacle of your organization and everything's going to roll downhill from there, especially if you are the SE leader of leaders. And so, you know, I think just walking through the dynamic of, you know, what makes good SEs, uh, become SE managers, and then, you know, hopefully that they can grow into being a SE leader. Uh, we want to walk through that here on this episode. And so, you know, and who better to do this, right? We've both been in that position. You know, you're currently uh, in an SE leadership role, just took on a new big, big opportunity with a, with a, with a team where you're at the top of the, you're at the top of the pyramid, my friend. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's as much of a, a perfect time to have this conversation probably gives you a little bit of introspection and you have the best view of it i think from where you sit today yeah no i think i think it's a great topic so let's let's kick it in i mean listen <clears throat> i can i can preface things by saying that i've learned a lot in my in my life or in my career from where i started to where i am today right and i can tell you that i have i you know I don't claim to be perfect at what I do, but a lot of the life lessons that I've learned have made me what I am today, right? So to me, you know, having a, a global VP role of sales engineering, to me, what's important is not the title, but the how am I able to lead with my actions that helps not only my team, but the entire organization. I think that 
sometimes what I've seen in the progression of a sales engineer to a sales engineering manager to a sales engineer director and now to vice president is the fact that sometimes you often get tempted to be disconnected from the field. And what that really means, it means that as you move from an SE manager to an SE director, now you're probably managing as a director managers and you're not in touch with how the field is doing. You're waiting for your SEs to do. And I've, I've decided not to do that in my career. I've decided to make sure that, that I get as close to the field as I can, not only to learn from the field, but be able to actually be a coach and be able to mentor them on how to do things, not by micromanagement, but by, by often showing to put, you know, you know, getting, getting into a situation where my services are needed, almost like a designated batter. Like I, you know, when I go into an opportunity, I'm that designated batter, whether it's virtually or in, in person. And, and I'm able to teach others that I have as much skin in the game for them to succeed as they do themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. I mean, I think, you know, it's almost kind of like, you know, ground rule zero. If you think about it, I mean, you have to manage yourself before you can manage anybody else. Right. And, you know, I think to be a really good SE leader, you have to have the introspection where you have to be able to take and say that if I can't manage my own time and manage my own success and build that model that I can emulate for my team, you know, my team has no chance of at least learning from me, you know, the, the good um, becoming great. And so, you know, I think if you're managing yourself and you have your time management and your process management down, then you're in the best position to make sure your team um, is is in the opportunity to be successful and you're in the best position to manage others. And, you know, you have to continuously find ways to really improve, you know, and that's, you know, it breaks into not only time management, which is absolutely key when you become a leader. I think we both know that better than anything. If you look at the calendars, you know, it's all about time management really at the end of the day because, uh, you know, there's not a waking moment that you're not doing something, you know, but you have to also be, you know, very strategic, right? I mean, I think as you become a, a good leader, you, you have to really think about what effort you need to spend your time on and, and figure out what tactical things you have to take care of and then delegate, you know, for what doesn't need to be on your plate, you know, consider passing that off to your next line management and, and, and really can think about yourself as being kind of the buster of Roblox, you know, you know get rid of bears, barriers and then, you know, being able to say, you know, this is not something that needs to be at my level and I'll pass it off to the other people that, you know, are better set to, set to do that. You don't have to do everything anymore and you shouldn't be doing everything anymore, right? Because if you're always doing everything, then no one has a chance to learn and move and improve and come up. So, you know, leaders understand, you know, when they have to take on, take ownership, you know, they don't have analysis paralysis. They can make a decision when they need to and then they're willing to delegate, step away and be that coach and, and allow the team below them to really kind of develop and, and they're serving their people. No, just that's, and that's very well said, right? And, uh, and what you just said about time management is super important because I think that early on in careers of the sales engineers, they, they want to please everybody. They want to show, Hey, I, I can do this. I can do it. I have it, you know, but then, then that can be convoluted. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it creates a void to, to, and here's a perfect example of this, right? Let's say you have, let's say that you have a VP of sales that is basically saying, oh, wow, we met with customer X. That's a great opportunity. But it hasn't been qualified. You don't know if there is, if, you know, do they have pain? Do they have budget? 
Are they, you know, do we have access to the economic buyer? Something that we've talked about our episodes differently. So because it becomes noise, right? Oh, great account to get in. Oh yeah, let's go get it or, or whatever. It's some, sometimes sales engineers that don't have good sales leadership, right? May take that as I, oh, do I need to drop what I'm doing to do this? Because this is important. But if you haven't even followed the fundamentals or the mechanics of a deal, you should continue the path. You continue to qualify have yourself for qualifying and whatnot, and thus reduce the noise of a commentary that was just simply commentary, right? So that's that's the that's one of the things where a good leader is able to say instead of say, well, our VP said yes, let's do this, or mention that a good leader is able to say no. Let's focus on the mechanics of what we have in quarter or out quarter, right? Maybe we're looking at, you know, Q, Q now, Q plus one to ensure that we manage those deals. And then as we have time, add it. So I think that the, I think that what you just said, uh, the time management is, is super important and it takes a leader to be able to make you realize how to flush unwasted time out of your schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and if we want to boil it down, I mean, you know, you can't manage, you know, people without people, right? So, you know, I think one of the other key aspects of being a leader is you have to be able to develop and grow a team, especially if you're coming to an organization that may be small and you're, you're, you've been hired in to kind of build that team, right? You have to go through and recruit and attract, you know, the right talent and, you know, defining what that's going to be, what your company needs, what your organization needs is absolutely, you know, kind of critical, but, you know, getting people hired is just the first thing, right? You know, you know, that's, it's almost like when the job of becoming a leader starts, right? You have, you're bringing them in, you're attracting them there, but then you get them there and then you have to develop them, bring them along and develop them through that process and, and getting them, you know, enabled, ready to run and, and often firing, and then you have to keep the people, right? I mean, you know, attainment here is is key. You know, if you can't retain good people, you know, the cost of hiring again for that same role is one of the biggest cost impacts that happen to an organization, not only from time loss, but, you know, from the impact of people leaving out with knowledge and information that you're not going to have on the team that you've spent time training them into. And, you know, of course, you know, people leave for different reasons. And I think one of them that we've talked about in the past is, you know, people want the opportunity to grow in their career. And, you know, you have to be able to identify as a good leader, you know, what talent you have that's high potential, right? And if you have high potential people, you have to be able to take and train them and give them the opportunity to advance. And, you know, Jack Walsh, I think, said it back, back in, you know, GE days, you know, he's never going to promote somebody, including himself, unless there were two other people that could do the job, you know? And so, you know, he was a firm believer that you would identify your replacement and your replacement's replacement, and you would train them both. And when they could do the job as good as you could do it, then you had the opportunity to advance and move up next in your career. And you have to keep that mentality. I mean, you know, the, the, the organizations today move faster and they're smaller in terms of dynamic, I guess, you know, in terms of how long people stay. But you still, I think you have to keep, you know, your best people close to you and, and, uh, and go through that. I, I stand by that almost. Well, what's, what's interesting about what you're saying, it's in a spot on, right? It's that, you know, the metrics associated to retention, right? Like, I'll give you an example that, that has helped me throughout the years of being in leadership as sales engineers. My personal stat on retention is to make sure that I keep 
an 85% retention rate from SE's perspective. There's always going to be that variance of, you know, the rest, right? Where unfortunately, you know, you're, you're enabling a sales engineer has, you know, maybe there's some issues going on. Maybe you've tried the sales engineer is not leading. And then you have to make the difficult decision to part ways with that individual or find them a, a place. Because I think as we've talked at nauseum in this episode and these episodes is go do something that makes you happy as, as a sales engineer, if you're not happy on something. But to think that sales leaders don't have metrics that I can measure myself and say how good of a job I'm doing, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a misnomer. At least good leaders will have some metric. We'll not take an excuse of why people are leaving and ensure that, that if that number, that threshold goes you know, higher than the 15%, right? From an attrition perspective, that, that immediately we figure out what the issue is. You know, sometimes it could be, you know, an execution problem. Sometimes it could be an ownership problem, but ultimately it's about being, having the pulse on that for sure. But, uh, you know, kind of circling back from a, from a leadership perspective, I think that uh, one of the things that you and I agree, and, and I want to put you on the spot on this, is that the, the biggest difference on a, on a leader and a manager is that a leader is able to teach you how to fish, but it will not fish for you all the time. Where a manager is, it's expecting that the process and everything is going to flow through the process and just let the process work. Is that a safe assumption or am I too crazy on that? No, it absolutely is. I mean, you know, yeah, I think uh, we see this happen a lot of times, especially with first line managers. I think when they, they get in the meeting with, um, you know, their new SE and, and they just may have just been an SE and just getting promoted in, you know, they can't disconnect themselves from wanting to be in the spotlight and present and you know take on that that conversation and you really once you become a manager or a leader you know your job is to observe that se that's reporting to you you know help them if they need help but you know be there to be that coach right i mean you know if you have something to that you know obviously you can add value in their growth but it's not going to impact the deal you know Keep your mouth shut to after the meeting's over, right? You know, have a debrief in the elevator, or, you know, in, in the car and say, hey, look, here's three things you did great. Here's three things you need to do better. Here's things, three things we're going to work on next time, right? And, and and you use it as a coachable moment, but, you know, you got to let them, you got to let them shine. You got to let them learn and kind of in the moment. And, you know, really, I mean, your role, once you make that SE manager perspective in a sales engagement, now I'm just talking specifically, you know, you really, you really need to kind of be that executive sponsor in the room, right? Or, you know, if you want to think of the adult in the room, maybe. And um, you're there to make sure, you know, things are staying on track, you know, then that, uh, you know, the conversation's leveling up, right? I mean, you have a title now when you're coming into the meeting. Those titles will sometimes open doors for the salespeople to secure higher contacts in the organization. You know, yourself, you're coming in as a VP. I mean, you know, people like to meet with other VPs. It's just the way it is. And that title gets used all the time. And oftentimes, you know, the SC, while they are just as qualified to have that conversation, that title won't open it. So, you know, fine, be, be they open it for the door, but still let your person shine underneath you. And, you know, I think if you're going to be a really good leader, you don't step in unless you're absolutely necessary, right? You know, you really got to kind of understand and know your role there. Well, I, <clears throat> another thing that I think that good leaders do is they own the culture and the morale of, of the, of the branch, right? So you, yes, yes, human resources are going to have mission statements are going to have, they're going to have the different values that they see, but you know, within the sales engineer organization, 
to have that ownership of the culture and morale is key because you're again it, it it's it's about ownership you know it's it's on me as a as a leader to ensure that to ensure that as best as i can with whether with abundant amount of resources or limited that i'm able to meet objectives right that i'm able to you know if i see a problem i can fix the problem if i'm able to you know see that there is a a quality control or a risk control in an opportunity that I'm able to educate these teams on why do I see that and be able to constantly develop the team without requiring an enablement department to do so. Because there's some things that enablement will do from a train perspective or an enablement, but there's stuff that by me being in the field, being with the, being with the bat ready to actually hit the ball, rather than being in the stands, makes me part of the team. It, I basically become an extension of the team. Yeah, and that goes back to, I think, you you know, just even the recruiting side of it. I think, you know, one of the things that I've done really well in my career um, in, in a management role perspective is not always having to go out and hire, you know, essentially the, the named player, right? I, I don't have to always go try to get Kobe to join my roster. You know, I go find... You know, the, the person who's going to be the next Kobe but just doesn't know it yet, right? And get them on the farm team, so to speak, and kind of recruit that bench and, and build it from the inside out. And, you know, I think depending on the size of your organization, whoever's listening to this podcast right now, I mean, you may be in that position where, you know, your budget now doesn't stretch for you to go get a Kobe, right? But you need a Kobe. So you have to go identify and kind of grow your team. And I think this is where somebody who's come up through the ranks has got strong background of understanding the good, you know, good DNA that's required for your organization to really start developing and growing kind of that next, that next realm of your, your, your organization. And I think that's where a good leader would come in and say, Hey, look, we're going to go ahead and, and bring in some, you know, younger talent and, and help them align to our company's goals and culture and they're moldable. And, and really help you know build them over time, so that when they're you know they're finally a Kobe, you know you really have taken and not only trained your person who can take your job, but you know you've done that in a way that helps your organization from the ground up. And I think uh, you know it's one thing a good leader can do. A good leader can say, "Hey, look, I'm going to attract the talent, whether they're you know the, the the rock star already or the rock star to become, and and really you know develop them through the process. And you know, if you do that." You know, as I go back to talk about retaining people, and one thing I found that the people that I brought in and gave them their first shot and let them grow through it, as long as I was keeping me indexed to the pay scale that they should have, right? Sometimes that's a problem we have in our industry where you brought them in really young, came in, you know, very affordable, and, you know, they became that rock star, but we didn't keep paying them like they should be for the rock star. So they, you know, have to naturally go become a free agent and get their market value. But if you can keep them on the market value string as you develop them, you will have you know uh, an army of loyalists for life you know, that got your back. And as a leader, there's nothing better than that in the world. I kind of know that you've you've got that. And um, you know, there's people today I will take a phone call from you know because I've got that relationship with them, and it was all because of that incubation through that that kind of phase of their career. Yeah, <clears throat> I will say another another KPI that uh, that is important from a sales engineering leadership and it often goes unnoticed and i think it goes unnoticed because of the shadows of the ae right the ae being part of that nucleus or that quarterback of a of a sales team right is the percent of se's over quota right i think that 
as you as you as I go into organizations, I'm often looking at that percent of SEs over quota to figure out a multitude of things, right? To figure out, okay, do we have a, an issue with a product? Do we have an issue with with the the sales rep? We have an issue with the sales engineer that is affecting the sales rep. Do we have an issue with you know <clears throat> marketing message or or how we deal with alliances or or value added resellers, right? It's a you know, one th- one thing is to be able to be measured on that percent of SEs over quota. The other thing is the execution plans that are required to ensure that they can move forward. And it doesn't, often it doesn't happen overnight, right? Sometimes it does, but often it takes a couple of quarters to turn that around. But a, a typical manager will be taking a, a posture of, hey, it is what it is, it's sales. A good leader does care about it and does know that don't does know that that individual came here to overachieve so must be always making note of the things that are needed for them to overachieve flip side of that is true too right you're going to have people that aren't going to make their number or you as a company aren't going to make your number and you know as a leader you got to own the failures as much as you own the success and yeah, um, leaders are not only there in the good times, they're there in the bad times. And, uh, you know, a great leader will help bring that team through it. And, you know, there's tough times that happen in, in everybody's business. And, you know, sometimes those tough times cost people. And uh, I've been on both sides of the equation. And it's, it's, it's always fun to be there high five. And when everybody just ringing the bell and, you know, the, you can't keep enough paper in the fax machine. But you know it's uh, it's uh, just as bad when you're you know on the other side of it managing people out because you know the numbers didn't come in and you know the budget says my headcount needs to go down twenty percent right so yeah I think uh, you got to be aware of all sides of it and if you really want to be a great leader you know you got to be able to be well rounded enough to to deal with the good and the bad. Well, I think it it, it boils down to actions speak louder than words. I don't mean to to interrupt you in there. It's it's basic. It's basically. Everything that you do from an actions perspective, you have to own it, but you have to be actionable. It's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to fix it, but it takes a good leader to be able to grab the bull by the horns and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, you know, the last thing I just think about when I think about a leader, I think about you, my friend. And that's that, you know, you never stop learning, right? Even though you become the, the top of the organization, there's no one that I would challenge uh, that I know in my extended network that isn't going to pick up the manual from a competitive position, going to crack it open and, <laughs> and, 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 and really figure out exactly how that other product works. And yeah, I'm, you know, me, you're natural born can see, you know, uh, uh, in, in, uh, you like to know why it works the way it works. Right. But you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta continue to prepare, right. Whether that's learning the technology side of it or the next business, yeah, management trend, you know, whatever it may be, you're always propelling yourself for the future. And I think a great leader is always able to do that. And um, is able to kind of you know pass that down to their team, and and, and not only that, they're there to able to, you know kind of serve and delight you know their internal and external customers, and that's that's something that um, you know you got to be able to do, and you know, I think you do it extremely well. Thank you. I mean, I I uh, well, first of all, I'll, I know your PayPal account, so I'll just send you the money. <laughs> so thank you. And then the second thing is, you're spot on. I mean, listen. Um, I, and to kind of not not wrap it up, but uh, kind of give you a sense of of how I think sometimes, right? When I am educating or enabling someone, I often before I enable them, I'm thinking, how come I know this but they don't know it? 
right? And I, if you start thinking too much about those things, uh, it, 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 it reduces the ability for you to act. So when I, when I see that I've had so much success in this industry and what I've, when I know that uh, enabling someone to not even emulate, but be able to actually f- follow the process and you are constantly with positive energy to ensure that person continues to move forward, great things happen, right? So for those leaders that may be listening, you know, just actions speak louder than words, recognize that you may have done this already and it's now your time to be actionable and pay with your deeds on enabling those, you know, to, to learn a little bit of what you know so that the entire collecting can be successful for sure. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, it, you know, we're all working in an empirical world. I mean, you know, the other thing you want to have is that data to back it up, right? I mean, you know, I love the, I, I'm a data-driven person, and, you know, if I can show, like you said, the metrics that just back up my team's position and, and the success I'm bringing, I mean, I love defending to the board why you need to give me more headcount. And, you know, I show them return on investment for, you know, an SE generates this much output or, you know, if you look at the ratio, you know, we're spinning, you know, three AEs to one SE. And if I were to go three to two or one to one, you know, here's the kind of multiplier I can give you, you know, get the data and use the data for your own good and, and, you know, show them that you are, you know, you're the, you have the command of your business and that you're a great leader and, and that, um, you know, your organization's thriving because they hired you and you're, you're, you're just, you're knocking the cover off the ball. So that is true. Food for thought. Uh, we obviously uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, we are so overwhelmed with the support we were receiving. Um, our, our YouTube channel is blowing up. Uh, we, we love all the new subscribers there and, and obviously all the subscribers that are tuning in on a weekly basis to our podcast. We just uh, we just are, are, can't thank you enough. Uh, very humble. Uh, humble, humble the, the, uh, the support we're getting. Um, I know that you're trying to do a challenge with me to do like TikTok stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm still, I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm still thinking about it, right? Like, I'm like, I, I know I can probably come up with some comedic relief, but I'm just, if we're going to do this, it has to be good. <laughs> well, I won't do the closing because if I do, we'll screw it up. But um, <laughs> I do promise folks that next week we will have our special guest. He's uh yeah, he's waiting in the wings and he's eager to come on. And now that everything is passed, we will uh, we'll have our special guest. And we have a few more getting lined up. Uh, Enrique and I actually are going to be uh, guest starring on a few other um, uh, sales aligned uh, episodes. And uh, we'll have that information out shortly. Watch our social media channels. And if you want to follow us, follow us at Sales Burrito on all social media platforms. And then subscribe. We drop the podcast weekly on Wednesdays on all your favorite podcast platforms and at salesburrito.com. And until next time, keep the chips and salsa going and the knowledge flowing. Have a great day, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Sales Burrito Show. to subscribe to catch future episodes wherever you catch your favorite podcast. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Sales Burrito. Until next time, keep the chips and salsa going and the knowledge flowing.